Welcome to Season 2 of the Small School Big Time Hoops Podcast with your host, Javon Masters. New episodes are dropping every Friday morning. You can find the podcast shared on both our Twitter and Facebook pages. Like or follow those pages to be alerted on who the guests will be for that week, plus much more. Also subscribe and review the podcast on Apple Pod. Our guest this week is William Penn Head Coach Jenna Santi. She's a William Penn alum and the brand new head coach. Another great conversation. Let's jump right in. As mentioned, the brand new head coach at William Penn, Coach Jenna Santi, joins the pod. Coach, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day. I know that you have so much going on with becoming a new head coach at William Penn. First off, congratulations. Thank you very much. To be able to lead a program you played at must be extremely special, and we'll definitely talk about that. Before we do, let's go all the way back to the beginning of your coaching journey and your playing journey. For you, where and when did you find your passion for basketball? Yeah, I found my passion for basketball when I was really young. Um, my dad played in college. He actually played, like, all through high school and college, he played at Rake Region State up in North Dakota. And I have two older sisters who he coached, and I was just kind of the daddy's girl, always following him around. And so I picked up a ball when I was really young, and I just kind of knew, like, this was this is something I wanted to do. But when I truly found my passion was probably, like, early middle school um, when I just knew, like, hey, I could, I worked out with college athletes. I could, you know, I, my dad coached a bunch of college athletes in Oak Creek where I went to school has many people who went through the, the system and everything like that. So definitely when I was young age, I just knew that basketball was going to be part of my life for a very long time. And I just can't believe I'm here now sitting in this kind of chair. I'm um, talking about it. Cause you know, my last dream of being was just to play college basketball and now I'm um, on to the next one. So before we kind of talk about your dream of playing college basketball, because you achieved that and you were extremely successful, um, I want to talk about a couple of things that I know about your high school career. Obviously, you played at Oak Creek, like you mentioned. Um, you guys won a state championship while you are there. Mm-hmm. At the state tournament, you ha- actually hold the record for most assists in one state tournament, and your team didn't lose a conference game for three years. When you think back to like your high school career and all those different moments and memories like what sticks out to you yeah I mean Oak Creek is a very special place and always will be I mean having that record and assist is just something that was personally special to me because on my team when we won state we had uh two d1 post players six foot we had a d2 um guard um and then we had another d2 guard who went off to play college and there was me so our five starters all went off to play college and the best part about it is being part of a, you know, a program that everyone's bought into. And that's something that I always remember is, you know, we, we competed at practices. We competed um, just to know that practice was hard. So games could be easy. And that's why it shows that we didn't lose, you know, a conference game in three years because we had an expectation that, you know, that's not how it's going to go. And that's kind of brought me over to, you know, my career is I'll do whatever it takes to win. I don't need to score. I don't need to do whatever. And, I'll pass the ball. I'll do that. I'll dive on the floor. If you ask many people who know me in the past years, my knees are pretty beat up because of the, all of the falling I did and jumping over score tables just to get the ball. And even if I didn't do it, I, I, I would put my heart and soul into it. Cause I always thought that if you're on the court, it could be your last time playing. So you might as well, you know, go out and be strong. So definitely though that years of, you know, at Oak Creek helped me become the player who I was in college as well. 
And all those things you mentioned are definitely things that are undervalued, but really appreciated by coaches. So I'm not surprised you got into (laughs) coaching after saying all that. When looking at continuing your educational and athletic career after high school, you mentioned it had been a dream of yours to play college basketball. What made you kind of decide on William Penn? Yeah, so when I was going through the process, it was it was crazy because um, we had a very good um, AU team. I don't know if you ever heard of WBA Prestige. It's discontinued yep. now, but um, that's where my career really took off with that program. And I did some visits, and I had some offers, and, you know, I had to make the pros and cons. But there was something about William Penn was just the people there. I mean, I went into college uh, going to be a teacher, and I decided not to go, and I went a different route. But um, – Definitely what just helped me in the whole process was meeting the people at Penn. Uh, I remember walking on campus the first time and I knew I could make a difference there and not just on the court, but anywhere else. Like just, you know, I could meet new people. We have about 48 different states that go to Penn and we're 80% athletes. So everyone kind of is just, you know, coming from all over. And another big thing was I wanted to go to a smaller school. Oak Creek uh, is huge and William Penn's a smaller school in Oskaloosa, Iowa. And, I definitely knew that I could be someone there and, you know, connect with people. And I think that was my best choice now looking where I'm at now. So definitely William Penn is, is someplace that will always be special to me. For sure. And kind of like your high school career, you had a lot of success while you're at William Penn. Um, You made two trips to the national tournament, one conference championship. You were recognized as an all conference player twice. What stands out to you when you think about your playing career at William Penn? Really what stands out to me is the team we had. I think that it's all about the memories you make. And, you know, good advice that I had from my old coach was it doesn't matter, you know, where you are, or you know, the school you pick. It matters who you're around. And definitely just, you know, looking back on going out to Billings, Montana, uh, winning a conference championship. I look at those pictures still and I'm like, that was awesome. I got to play with you know, great teammates, you know, I'm going to one of their weddings this summer. And it's just exciting that it's, it's all about how you guys all had one vision and one goal and you, you could compete together as one. So I definitely just think that, you know, my playing career, I, I love playing basketball and I wish I could still do it, but my body would say no to me right now, but definitely um, just the success that we had as a group is, was more important to me than just my, you know, my stats and everything. So that's probably what I reflect on a lot. For all the success you had, it wasn't always smooth sailing. You faced some adversity during your time at William Penn. Specifically, you weren't a member of the team in 2018. What led to that decision? What was that year like for you? Yeah, so to get into that, uh, when I first got recruited at William Penn, certain coach, uh, he recruited me, and I was super stoked to get out here and all that. And right before this happened, he got let go. And, you know, coaching changes happen. That's the way it is. But a new coach came in and I was his starting point guard. Uh, I played a lot of minutes and, you know, it felt good. And I went back home, worked my butt off in the summer and came back and there was just a weird vibe going on. And after two or three weeks of, you know, preseason, he just pulled me in his office and said, you're not good enough. And I was like, all right. Uh, There were some ups and downs in that, of course, that I won't get into um, specifically, but it was time where I had to look myself in the mirror and say, what matters to you most? Uh, I played on the varsity reserve team that year and I worked in concessions and I did all that and I could have put my head down, but I decided, you know, I had to do what's best for me. And I thought about transferring. I thought about doing all that, but 
at the end of the day, what important was me to get my degree. And if kind of the adversity I went through of someone, you know, didn't believe in me and didn't do that, then I got to believe in myself and be better at something else. So, uh, that year was very tough on me mentally, uh, but I pushed through and a lot of people, you know, I, it's now coming out more kind of details of, you know, the situation that's happened, but I definitely just, I grew a lot as a person. I'm very grown up for it. And I'm, I'm ready that that probably faced me and helped me now be the head coach I am because I will never ever treat or kind of display that um, characteristics towards any player that I went through. And that was a big learning thing for me. So I, I decided to stick through it. And then uh, the new coaching change came in that next year. And then, you know, life turned around for me and I was the starting point guard again and so many doors and open for me and I couldn't be thankful enough. Definitely. And I think a lot of the adversity we go through definitely prepares us for what's coming on down later in the road that prepared you to be a head coach at the college level. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to mention that you were awarded um, William Penn comeback player of the year. So I think that's pretty special after all you kind of went through. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, after you finished up your playing career, um, what made you make the decision that, hey, I think I want to get into coaching? And then how did you become the GA at William Penn? Yeah, so something that really stuck out to me in getting into coaching was I did coach AAU. I did coach for who I played for, a uh, WBA Prestige. And what was really important to me is those girls were – I just saw the passion in them that I had. And I was just like, you know, being able to give back in that and – maybe reach their goal of playing college basketball. And what's kind of great is about they're all going down to college next year, those kids I coached. And the best part about it is looking back and saying, wow, I I mentored them in some way to get them to this point. And that kind of also led me to, you know, I did want to be a teacher. I was, I like teaching. I like, you know, instructing. I like, you know, learning. And I'm always, I know that right now I have a lot of learning to do, but what kind of helped me was I did get to graduate early from William Penn. So uh, I ended this semester early and I got right into my master's and I got right into the recruiting aspect. And that's what pulled me to, because I love talking to people. I love recruiting. I love meeting new people and getting to know them. And to me, it doesn't matter, you know, where you're from, who you are, if you're a good person and that's what you meet, um, in coaching. And that's kind of what really pulled me in is becoming one at William Penn. Cause I want to give back to my university as much and bring great people there. It was almost kind of storybook like your playing career you get into coaching and a tremendous amount of success just immediately follows you another trip to nationals you coached I think it was six all-american players Mm -hmm. when you think back on your time as a GA so your first experience as kind of a college coach what sticks out to you what were some challenges you faced and what were some aspects of it that you really enjoyed what I really a challenge that I really saw in it was at first you, you have to, with the age thing is always something that people talk about. And at the end of the day, I don't look at my age. I look at what can I do to help you? And if I show, you know, respect to the the girls and they respect me and what helped me actually was I played with a lot of them and they respect me on the court. So that really helped me transition over to the grad assistant um, position. But being the first experience, um, I think it was really good. You know, that was still adversity that I had to overcome was, you know, are they, are they going to trust me? My head coach trusts me so much that when I was, you know, one of his assistants, it kind of all just meshed together. So it was, it's been an honor, you know, coaching a lot of these players and, you know, even playing with some of them who went on to do great things. I know there's two of them right now that 
um, have opportunities to play with um, an overseas team. And so it's just great to see that, you know, my first year coaching, a lot of those girls are still going on and doing what they love. For you, this past year was kind of your first jump into being a full-time college coach. And Mm -hmm. all of this COVID stuff made this year a lot tougher. And there's a lot of different things that coaches had to juggle. How did you kind of get through this year and make the most of this experience? Because I know you had to be really excited. You're no longer GA. You're you're a full-time college basketball coach. And then COVID kind of put a wrinkle through it. So how did you get through that and make the most of this year? Yeah, so what what kind of helped me mentally get through it especially was I was actually a COVID tester. I got certified, and so I was one of the testers at the school, and that just brought, like, a big um, a big like passion towards, hey, we if we want to win and we want to do the right thing, we got to be smart. And, of course, at the end of the day, it's going to stink because, you know, a lot more responsibilities of you don't want to bubble your kids, but you want to bubble your kids. And so that was kind of hard and all of that, but – Other than that, sometimes you just have to look at, we get to play games and we were very grateful for it. And we stayed safe and smart. Actually, um, I was interim twice this year, but the first time was first two weeks of the season. And so our head coach got COVID and I was in charge for the first two weeks and I had to put it all in. So definitely I've been through a lot of roles this year, but I never ever second guessed myself or told myself I couldn't do it. And I think that's the mindset is, is. I'm always the person that if you give me something, I'm, I'm going to do it. And even if it's to my best of my ability, I'm going to learn from it, but I'm never going to back down from that challenge. So definitely this first year had some ups and downs with that, but I'd say we made it through it. I mean, we had another bump in the road later at the end of the season, which kind of stunk for us. But then again, we made the best of what we can and we made great memories as we could have. Over the last few weeks, your life has changed drastically. You became the head coach of William Penn. You said earlier you couldn't even imagine you'd ever be in this spot. When did you become aware that Coach Williamson would be leaving? And then what was kind of the process you had to go through in order to become the next head coach? Yeah, so, I mean, many people know Coach Williamson is a huge mentor to me. I can't – I respect that man a lot, and he's done a lot for me. And so me and him have a very close relationship. Uh I definitely, you know, I can tell when, you know, someone's kind of, he drove an hour to work every day and he puts everything he can into the team. And you definitely just kind of could tell maybe the, the week that it came out, uh, there were some ups and downs and we've had discussions and everything like that. But it was to the point where, you know, I had to look at myself then and say, all right, he's leaving. Uh, what can I do? What should I do? Um, I had to think about what was best for me at this point. And at the end of the day, after, you know, talking with my family and, you know, people around me, it was, it was pretty evident that I really wanted it. And I, I have a passion for William Penn and, to, you know, take Coach William's success and, you know, bring it on further. And like I said, I can't thank him enough. And he's actually taught me a lot of how to be a head coach just because he let me do a lot of things behind the scenes that, you know, some systems don't get the chance to do. And so uh, I'm very grateful for that. Obviously, this is your first head coaching experience at the college level. I know you've only been a head coach for a short period of time, but what were some things that you immediately began to work on after you became head coach? Yeah, so first of all, our 2021 team, uh, we got to get that going still. I mean, we lost a few girls um, due to COVID, due to, you know, leaving, going to go to another school, which happens. And definitely uh, have to go and start recruiting even harder. I mean, we had that, you know, month or two months of, it was kind of quiet for me just because I couldn't really, you know, call girls and say, Hey, you want to come to William Penn with, 
Hey, I didn't know if I was gonna get hired. Right. Cause I went through the whole process like anyone else did. And, uh, I definitely think that something that I really worked on too, was just connecting to coaches. You know, I had to finish our schedule. I'm looking to put in the classic for us and we're going to get that going at William Penn. Um, so our, my really big thing was recruiting and, you know, networking out there because I, I did a lot of behind the scene things and now I'm the face and I'm excited about it, but definitely those are the two, two things I jumped on right away. Cause that's, what's important. And, you know, the girls we have coming back, they're awesome. I'm ready for them to come back already. And they just left a couple days ago. When a new coach takes over, there's always some changes that you see within a program. Your situation is a bit unique because you obviously learned from the previous coach, but I'm sure you won't be the exact same coach he is. What will a Genesanti coach team look like in terms of style of play? I know you mentioned a lot of the intangible things that you brought as a player. I'm sure you'll bring that, but what is your team going to look like? Yeah, so a lot of people are going to, you know, going to see if I do some of the things that, you know, previous coaches have done. And, of course, I'm going to implement all the stuff I've learned in the past. But definitely something that's that's really going to stick out is I'm very big on fundamentals. I mean, I wasn't, like I was saying before, I wasn't the player who, you know, I always think that hard work is going to beat your talent. And that's how I was on the court. And not saying I'm going to recruit every player like that because, hey, I need kids who can shoot the ball. I need kids who can, you know, make good postings. I need a smart point guard. And so – it's just really uh, the Genesis Anti team. What's going to look like is we're going to have a lot of energy. We're going to be ready. We're going to be motivated, and you know we're going to play fast but smart. And we want to play smart the best of our ability because at that at that range is hard. American Conference is tough, and anyone can beat anyone. It doesn't matter if you're one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, you know things happen all the time, and so that's kind of my goal is to have everyone kind of be one. And you know we're we're one unit. We're one. We have one goal. We have one vision. We have we have a voice and we're going to, we're going to go out there and work hard and kind of be that team. That's, that's uh, going to get the job done on the court. I know those are definitely some of the hardest teams to face those teams that always play hard and play together. So I think you're right on track there. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when thinking about next season and you can only pick one, what's the thing that you're most excited about? Oh, geez. Yeah, you did put me on the spot. Oof. I really think is what I'm most excited about is my first team meeting with all the girls that, you know, are coming back and who are, you know, newcomers is because I get to sit down and look at my team and my program and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get ready. Now we're going to work hard. So definitely, you know, I have to prepare now. I'm making them a workout, you know, summer stuff and because they're off and going home and we let them do that and I think that's what I'm really most excited about is my first meeting just to get to see all their faces again and the newcomers and kind of get the ball rolling that was a really good one coach um I know that you have a lot on your plate to get ready for this next season you've talked a lot about it already however I know as coaches we use the offseason much like our players to grow individually to work on our game per se What's one area that you want to improve on this offseason personally? Yeah, something I want to improve on personally is, you know, I I want to become more of, well, like, to put this in perspective is, you know, it's my first year being a head coach. I'm going to have to look at the, you know, the pros and cons of what's going to work for me and my team and personnel. So something that I want to indiv- individually improve on is watching, um, watching and building my recruiting um, I, I guess that say is now that it's my team, I can focus more on, you know, what I want or my, you know, pros and cons that I can stick out. So now I kind of have to like 
individually look at myself and, you know, look at what the goods were, you know, going out there and the, the, the negatives. And of course, that's something I always can improve on. And that's something one of my big things just in the summer and the off season is kind of, you know, being new to this, I'm going to learn a lot and I need to be honest with myself. And I've already had those moments the last month of I've looked myself in the mirror and said, yep, that may have been the wrong decision, but all right, all right, let's change it. So probably just, you know, a big reflection on myself is first kind of uh, breaking down my recruiting pool, what I want, all this stuff. But yeah, that's probably my biggest thing is I got to keep looking myself in the mirror and, you know, keeping myself in check. <laughs> coach, you're the first person I've gotten to talk to before their first head coaching season. You're in a unique spot. So I appreciate you taking some time, just having the opportunity to listen to you. I would not be betting against your team going into year one. So I wish you luck and I look forward to staying connected. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is very awesome. I want to thank Coach Santee for taking the time to join the pod. I want to thank all of you for listening as well. Be sure to like and follow our social media pages for more great episodes of the Small School Big Time Hoops podcast. Look out for weekly podcasts with many more great coaches coming soon. This is Javon Masters with the Small School Big Time Hoops podcast. Until next time, stay safe, stay positive, and keep growing the game.